It's Happy Hour again from Uptown New Orleans. Hello, I'm Grant Morris. Happy Hour is part of the family of shows on the podcast network. It's NewOrleans.com. When you walk into a bar in New Orleans and you pull up a bar stool, you never know who's going to be sitting on either side of you. What you do know is no matter what they look like, what they're wearing, whether they just got out of a limousine or just got out of jail, they're going to be happy to talk to you because that's New Orleans and this is Happy Hour, a cocktail-fueled 60 minutes of random conversation with folks who have nothing in common. Other than we're all New Orleans in the bar today, we're at the fabulous Wayfair on Ferret Street, which is just a couple of blocks down from Napoleon Avenue, where they have a four-hour happy hour here every day from 3 to 7, and an entire brunch on the weekends. During happy hour, they have half-price drinks and half-price food. I think the price of the food is full price over the weekends at brunch, but still totally worth it because it's all pretty cheap. Happy Hour is brought to us today by Strategic Resumes. If you want to sharpen up your resume, your LinkedIn profile or other job search skills, start by going to Strategic Resumes. And if you want to get away, start your travel search at Travel Central and Metairie. It's kind of like going on Expedia or one of those other things, except it's an actual human being who does it for the same price, which is free. Basic Swim and Gym has a full range of fashion swimsuits, workout and yoga clothes with style. You can get um, a cover-up or a bikini, or yoga clothes at Basics Swim and Gym next to the Basics Lingerie Store. Basics underneath on Magazine Street near Jefferson Avenue. And thank you to Hangover Destroyer, the only all-natural product medically proven to prevent a hangover. Go to hdestroyer.com. Write happy hour on the coupon code and get 30% off of Hangover Destroyer, and you too can seize the dawn. And thank you to the Positive Vibrations Foundation who create and encourage community through the development and preservation of the arts, music, culture, and heritage. And Andrew Duhon is not here today, but if you're looking for him, you can find him in a town near you. Go to andrewduhon.com and you can buy his new album, or steal it actually, off Spotify and other places you steal music. It's called False River and it's well worth a listen. Thanks for joining us here on Happy Hour today. Amy Boyle Collins is here. Hey, Amy. Hi. How are you doing? I'm fantastic today. And you are the vice president of Beignet Fest. Sort of. Well, already I'm fucked up. It's what it says right here. Look, can you read that? How can I be wrong after my first sentence? I have... What are you at? I have the pleasure of being the vice president at Gamble Communications, a PR firm here okay. in town. And then my husband started Beignet Fest, and I'm along for the ride with that venture as the co-founder and the board chair of the Trado Foundation, which is the nonprofit that benefits from proceeds from the Beignet Fest. Okay, let me try all that. Amy Boyle Collins is the Vice President of Gamble Communications and she's also along for the ride on what? Beignet, Beignet Fest. Fest which is owned by what corporation? Well, it's a nonprofit board. Nonprofit the, board. Yeah, the Trado Foundation. Trado, how do you spell that? T R E S, second word D O U X. Oh, so it's like Very sweet. D E A U X? D O U X. D. So, Trado, actually, yeah. that's yeah. pronounced. So tray is three and do is sweet or something? Sweet. Very sweet. So it's very sweet. Just like a beignet. Not three sweet. No. So tray like tray bon. Yeah, exactly. Tray do. Okay, the tray do foundation. Okay, I have to do that one more time. Anyway, how's beignet fest going? Well, we're ready. It's October 6th and we can't wait. So things are getting a little crazy. Well, you haven't made the beignets yet because they'll be horribly stale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll make them that morning or throughout the day, actually. Okay. 33 different kinds. 33 different kinds of beignets? Yeah. All in one place, City Park. Did you guys know there are 33 different kinds of beignets? <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't even know there were two. I'm all right. Good point. How can there be 33? This is the voice of Jack Mealy, by the way. Spelled M-I-E-L-E. That's correct. And Jack Mealy is an award-winning musician and engineer and producer. Is that anything else I left out? Uh, no, that's it. Song, and, and a hell of a nice guy. And a hell of a nice guy <laughs> as well. Touche. There you go. And not <clears throat> Well, that's yet to be seen. And this is J.T. Seaton. <laughs> 
Yes. Which stands for Jeffrey Thomas. Jeffrey Thomas, J.T. Uh, Seaton. J.T. Seaton is also in the festival business. Let me see if I can screw this up. J.T. is the... Uh, where did I write this down? Here it is. Here it is. He's a writer, filmmaker, and director of the NOLA Horror Film Fest. That's correct, right? That is correct. You are the actual director of the Horror Film Fest. Yes, I started the Horror Film Fest in 2011, so this is our eighth year for the festival. Okay, do you live in New Orleans? I do not. That's what I suspected, because before, <laughs> just before we went on the air here, you were asking us how to pronounce Metairie, which is a bit of a giveaway. It was, yes. So where do you live? I live in Los Angeles, California. And how did you get to start the New Orleans Horror Film Festival there? Well, the short story is, uh, I started it with a filmmaker friend of mine, and we were shooting a short film in New Orleans in 2010, and that's when we discovered that New Orleans did not have a horror film festival. So we kind of like raised our hands and said, well, we'll do that. You know, I didn't live in New Orleans, he lives in Mobile, Alabama, so neither one of us actually lived here when we started the festival. But, you know, we needed, uh, we needed to start the festival because New Orleans needed to have a horror film festival. Why? Because of all the cities in the United States, New Orleans, with its history of hauntings and vampires okay. and voodoo and, and ghosts and all of that stuff, you know, you would think that it would be the perfect place for a horror film festival. So how do you pull this off if you don't live here? With a lot of help from people who do live here. So you swoop in. I swoop in and take the glory. <laughs> Where do you live when you come here? Uh, I live wherever Airbnb puts me. So you have an Airbnb for how? I do. For a couple of weeks. Yeah, for, for, how for, long? for eight days. Eight days? Eight days. Eight days is enough to put on a, a major film festival. Yeah, I know, but the festival's only four days, so I have four days of that eight days to myself. Well, not really, but I have a lot of work to do. I was about to, to say. I'm <laughs> sure you're so working. So the Beignet Festival, how long does that take to put on? I guess it only a takes whole year. Like two days. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a one-day festival. Um, but we work all year fundraising and uh, attracting food vendors and doing the marketing. Well, who's and making all these beignets? Let's go through them. It's, sure. Uh, there's the so Cafe Dumont. So we have Dumont. Cafe Dumont, of course. After which that, is, where do we yeah. go? So then you have New Orleans Coffee and Beignet Company. They'll do traditional beignets. And then you have all kinds of good stuff, like Katie's Restaurant does crawfish stuffed beignets with jalapenos and cheddar cheese. You have this great little caterer on the West Bank in Algiers Point called Off the Hook. Um, that does fried lobster and fried beignet. lobster beignet and beignets together with a shrimp beurre who, blanc sauce who on in, top. On God's earth, fries a lobster. Well, <laughs> I would eat fried lobster. Yes, Miss Tiffany Lane at Off the Hook Fri fries a lobster. Jack, you and travel it is all over the world delectable. and around the country. You, have you ever heard of fried lobster? I've never heard of fried lobster, no. but it's in our own know. backyard and it's fantastic. The other thing that Jack does is also in the Molly Ringwalds, I am. Oh, which yeah. is how he gets to travel all around the world. That so, is true. Who does catering for the Molly Ringwalds? <laughs> it depends where we're playing. <laughs> All right. It's like, you know, every you show have... is every show is different. Some uh, some have great catering and some have no catering. So you would think is that... Is that uh, right? That's not part of the operation? Because you're well, out sure on the road all the time. Well, sure it is, but it's it doesn't mean everybody obeys all the, the, all the yeah. time. Well, how does this work? I thought you guys had this ironclad contract with riders well, and they have to provide this and M&Ms and all <clears throat> Well, that's actually what's funny. that The, the famous Van Halen M&M story, that's, they said they used to put that on the rider to see if people were actually reading the rider <laughs> and uh, that they didn't care about that, but they want, that was like the test. If they walked in and they were brown M&Ms and they knew they didn't read the rider. Oh, wow. So that was the whole <laughs> reason why they did that, supposedly. And is this true then? People don't do what you want? Absolutely. They, they'll <laughs> give you whatever is easy. You know, they, they ignore stuff all the time. Huh. And, even though it's, you know, and you could you could be a jerk and say, you know, hey, we're not playing, screw you, we don't care. Because we didn't get the but at the same fried time, lobster. You know, 
we just traveled in a, in a bus eight hours, you know, to like, you know, <laughs> right. I'm not going to, I'm, I'm going to, you know, to play the gig and there's a bunch of people waiting and we get paid and all that stuff, you know, so. So it's not that important whether they have the fried lobster ready yeah, for we, you or not. Right. We usually, uh, we usually, we do pretty well, so. Have you tried one of these fried lobster beignets, Amy? I have. They're amazing. What is a fried lobster? Is it got so breadcrumbs on it? I mean, or um, So batter it's battered and fried and then there are beignets in the same dish and then it's all covered with shrimp or blanc. So it's not Ooh. really fried lobster in a beignet for that dish. It's sort of together with some stuff on top. So a lot of people will put stuff on top of the beignet. They'll stuff the beignet. Of course, Loretta's. I don't know if you've ever heard of Loretta's. Famous pralines. pralines. She yeah. puts her pralines inside of a beignet. Okay. She puts crab meat salad so inside of a beignet. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but is this majorly for pot smokers? <laughs> Is that your main audience? Uh, that's what it's sounding like now. Anybody who's hungry, really. So children, it's a very family-friendly festival. So lots of children and families come out and eat lots of beignets. Don't children forget fat people. Hungry. They're always hungry. Yes. <laughs> fat people are fabulous. Hey. You know what, though? Honestly, fat people are fabulous. Can it's the skinny down? people who are the most hungry. Can we not talk about skinny people right? who eat Have a lot? That drives me crazy. Skinny people are most hungry. Well, I guess they can eat anything they want. I have a son, and he can eat and eat and eat, and he is scrawny as anything. Well, that's that because he's me like, nuts. what, 12 or something? I was about to say, wait, yeah. till you, wait till you hit your 40s. Yeah, yeah. I thought that too I've for hit a while. my 40, so I understand that part. How old is he? That's oh, he's seven. Oh, well. Yeah, well, that doesn't count. That's ridiculous. His <laughs> yeah, metabolism yeah. is like going like the, like the speed of a hummingbird. It you know? is, yeah. it is. That would be great to be able yeah. to eat anything, but right. unfortunately, we have to pay the price for that now. Right. Well, we even 40. have um, gluten-free beignets, so even if you're... You know, not eating dough, you can still come eat some menus. How do you do that? How does how does that work? We'll have to I, ask the girls gone vegan who do them. Um, they're a baker here in town. I think it's almond flour. Girls gone vegan? Aren't yeah. you allowed to eat flour? Yeah, they do a really good job. Actually, they're their, amazing. Their cakes are fantastic. Yeah, but aren't you allowed to eat flour? I'm not vegan, if you're but vegan? I like their stuff. It's al it's almond flour, like from the nuts. But why wouldn't you be allowed to eat regular flour if you're vegan? There's nothing. No, you can, but we if can't you're doing run away. From free. It's a gluten. Yeah, it's oh, a gluten, gluten free. Gluten. Yeah, Sorry, right, right, right. so oh, girls yeah, yeah. gone vegan do gluten free. I got to tell you, almond, almond flour is pretty good. Is it? Oh yeah, it's expensive, but it's really good. Do you bake? Uh, I do. I do. Me, me, and the wife love to cook and bake and stuff. What do you bake? What do you like to make with almond flour? Well, there was a there was a minute where we were on. When I say a minute, probably a year where we went paleo. And uh, how did you like that? It's hard as shit. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's really hard. I'll tell you what, it worked. I'll, I'll give you this. I, I felt better. I, like, I, I felt more, um, I, I didn't feel as lethargic and I felt more energetic and I didn't, um, I wasn't as, as sort of grumpy and tired during the day. And like, like this time of day, would usually, I would usually be crashing because right. uh, of all the sugar that's breaking down in my yeah, body. Right. But, uh, but when, you, when I went, all that went away. It went away like almost overnight. And what exactly do you have to not eat? No sugar? It's, no uh, carbs? Think like what? a caveman. You have to, it's a lot of protein. It's a lot of, um, it's, it's very little sugar, no beans, no legumes. Uh, leg, legumes, is that right? Yeah. It's, that's I, a so word, definitely. That's fancy, actually a word, yeah. It's a fancy word. No, um, no, for some reason you can eat like almonds and cashews and nuts and shit, but you can't eat peanuts. I don't know why. Okay. Why? But no bread, no alcohol. You, have you been, no alcohol. No alcohol, no bread. No bread, no alcohol. So you what can, do you, you have? Can, you can have breakfast. You can have breakfast chops. completely. You can actually have red wine and you can have dark chocolate, but you can't okay. have like like grain alcohol, anything like like vodka whiskey gin. or vodka or anything okay, like so that. Okay, so you can't have alcohol or toast. So no. what do you have for breakfast? Have uh, breakfast, you can have, <laughs> you can, you can have eggs. You can okay. have uh, bacon, sausage. You can have bacon. Yeah, you oh, can have bacon. Is so good. 
You like bacon, JT? Oh, You're a I big love fan bacon. of bacon. A bacon. Who doesn't love bacon? Yeah, who doesn't, who doesn't love? Well, I love vegans. Bacon. Right. I, that's bullshit. They, <laughs> vegans love bacon. They just don't. They just eat don't it. eat it. Okay. Bacon was not even that popular until I don't know a few years ago. What happened to bacon? Is there a, you, you're in marketing, right, Amy? Yeah. Is there like a bacon people's association? Oh, oh, like the association for uh, the like people a vendetta who consume against bacon? bacon. Well, how against did we all suddenly find bacon and ice cream and bacon and chocolate and bacon? Yeah. And why? Why? I think you just the right chefs start integrating it into their food, and then everybody starts doing that. But I mean, bacon is like forever. It's not that great. Oh, is I it love really bacon. that I mean, great? Bacon? It is. It, is really it depends great. on how it's cooked. Absolutely. It depends on how it's cooked, also. You know, okay. If you, if How many you, ways are there to cook bacon? You stick it in well, the Well, if, if, you, if you don't, right, but if it's not crispy or if you don't, you know, if it's cooked like shit, then it's not, it's just greasy or and like nasty. Or like microwave bacon. Yeah. yeah. That's that is good. pretty bad. Yeah. But I'll still eat it. You just love, see? <laughs> I'll still Something eat it. Something about bacon. It's bacon flavored cardboard. I don't think point. people used to say this about bacon a few years ago. This is all new, this I love, but yes. Grant, you ever food heard of fads, Epic Mealtime? Heard of, heard of what? Epic Mealtime. No, what is it? It was a YouTube channel from a couple years ago, and yeah. I really think they could be credited with the uh, the bacon that's craze. Sea Rock, that's the what bacon started boom. The bacon they, were, they were dedicated to putting bacon on everything they could, and this was okay. maybe in 2007, 2008. That's so. about when it started. Yeah. Thank God there's an explanation. Good job, Sea Rock. Well, that's, that's just like. From the back row, huh? Yeah. That's well, just like coffee. Sea knows everything. Like people, coffee? For, well, don't you remember what, like, I mean, we're old enough to remember, like, coffee used to be bad for you. Like, if it's, oh, you can't drink coffee, too much coffee, too much coffee. Now it's like everybody's telling you to, to substitute breakfast with coffee with butter in it. You know, yes, that, what is up with that? What is that called? That's called ghee butter, ghee butter. Yeah, but what is that drink called that people drink now that's well, meant to be actually healthy? I used to work for a company. Do you know that, JT? You're from California. I used to work for a company called Bulletproof. Bulletproof. That's yeah. what it's called. Well, Dave, Dave, uh, what the hell is Dave's last name? I, Dave, uh, uh, it's like Asabari. I can't remember his last name. But did I used he to, invent it? Yeah, he, I worked for the company. I did video, videography for him. And, okay. uh, and I did a lot of video editing and audio editing and stuff. But they, uh, yeah, he sort of is the brainchild behind it. But basically, it's it's coffee. It's a supercharged coffee, whatever the hell that means. You know, supercharged coffee with ghee butter in it that you're yeah. supposed to have all morning. And then you're not supposed to, you're basically not supposed to eat until like the mid-afternoon, late evening. And then it's supposed to be like almost paleo. So, I mean, of course you're going to lose weight. You're basically just amping up your system with a bunch of, it's like natural it's almost like natural amphetamines, you know. Like right. let's just let's just pump well, up our metabolism. Well, and then you, eat once. so you work for this guy. So you shot. I used to work for. Him. You shot video of him saying how great this was. Like right? yeah, it, it was it was so a big uh, YouTube phenomenon. Like it was yeah. like every week they had it was a big celebrity deal where every week it would be him and a celebrity and they would go back and forth usually Skype. And they would go back and forth talking about it and how it changed their life and it's the greatest thing ever. Well, and it's supposed to do something for your brain. Supposedly. So what is the logic behind that? Did you I, really catch that? I watched so many episodes. That, like, I, supposedly the, the logic behind it is that it, it gets the neurons to fire better. Or it's, it's, you know, is it a bunch of bullshit? I don't know because I never tried it. Are you serious? I never tried it. I don't. Do Why? I look like I want to drink coffee all day with butter in it, and then like? I wouldn't want to drink you know, it one time. But does it look I, like I? Does it look <laughs> like I just drink coffee all day? You know, no. I, I thought you would try it if you're working for the guy, and I, I actually it can't be that convincing. Then. Uh, to me, I, I basically watched it and went, oh, "This looks like a bunch of bullshit, fucking malarkey to me." You right, know, like right. it's, it, but but whatever. I mean, it sounds horrible. It's if people say, people say it works, it works. Maybe it works for them, but it's not the only thing that works. But everything works if you believe it works, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, that's what that's what placebos are all about. Exactly. Of course. 
Everything works. So what part of California do you live in, JT? I live in Studio City. Studio which is, City, uh, which is the home of the Universal movies. Studios. What street do you live on? Ooh. I live on Fruitland. There you go. Fruitland. I said it to the world. <laughs> Fruitland. You live on a street called Fruitland. I live on a street called Fruitland. That's interesting because a lot of your films have a gay theme. Yes. Is JT, what exit do you get off on? Ah, Xerox from out that way. Too. Oh, <laughs> like, what serious exit I get off on? At uh, Ventura Boulevard. No, no, no. Just like in off the, the 101, what uh-huh. exit do you get off? Yeah, Ventura Boulevard. Oh, okay. Yeah. Ventura Boulevard's like 38 miles long. Well, there's a, there's a Ventura Boulevard exit off of the 101. Okay. Yeah. And that shows that's how much I know. So you live on Fruitland. And I you, do. And you make gay-themed movies. I do. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Do you have a movie company called Fruitland Films or something? N- n- no, but I should. That is a good, that's a, that's a brainchild right there. Isn't right it? There, I'm going to write that yeah. down write for you. Write it down. Put it on the tablecloth. Grant might 10%. need a check for that. Yep. Do I get, can you represent me in that, Amy? <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay. We <laughs> can make some, it part of Trey Do. credits. Yeah. Fruitland Donations films. can go back to Ben Hey, Trust. have a look up that Sierra and see if anyone owns that. Fruitland Films. If no one owns Fruitland Films, we'll buy it right now at fruitlandfilms.com. Oh, there you go. No, I'm not going to buy it. You can buy it. I For can buy it. 99 cents. We'll go, is that how much it costs now? Go, go no, Daddy. I'm sure nobody wants go it. Go Daddy. It's going to be yeah. cheap. But nobody we'll wants to, it. <laughs> well, you know what I mean? I bet there's not a thousand people lining up to I bet you, buy it. I bet you a hundred bucks somebody already has it. Do you think? Absolutely. hundred. Okay. Maybe 50. Next drink or something. It's available. It's available. It's 50 bucks right there. Okay. So you can stump up the 50 bucks for 50 bucks for Fruitland Films. How about I just buy Fruitland Films and I'll sell it to you for 50 bucks? (laughs) Wait a minute. Come on. Let's buy it right now. Go to GoDaddy.com. I'll buy it for $9.99 and then you you? buy it for me for 50 bucks. Okay. (laughs) Well, that's the other way around. You lost 50 bucks. You didn't make 50 bucks. So you buy it for me for 100 and then we're even. Jeez, I can see why you're successful. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even follow that. You just lost $50. Somehow you have to end up paying $50 for Fruitland Films. Well, I did. He gave me 100 to buy my to buy my domain, Fruitland Films, <laughs> and I'm going to comp him the 50 Does that make sense, JT? It you does. Because you come from California. You're like in the film biz, right? Okay, this is great. So we have a new film company. We have a new, brand new film company. So let's come up with a story. Well, we need to come up with a movie. So what do you make? So you make horror films. I watched a little bit of a couple of them this afternoon, actually. Ooh, that's uh, nice. Yes, I was pretty interested because it's a whole different world. I never knew there was a gay horror genre. Yeah, I mean, Or are you it? I, no, I'm not it. There, there actually is uh, a booming uh, culture uh, and they're basically calling it queer horror. Queer horror. Queer horror. Ah, um, that's excellent. I have, a, I have a friend, a writer friend, Michael Verade, who uh, runs a queer horror panel every year at Comic-Con. And he's been doing it for the past, I think, five or six years. And it's been very popular and very well attended. And there's uh, a lot of, you know, um, gay and lesbian filmmakers out there who are making horror films. So that's... Matt- I was, I'm sorry. Okay, I was going to say, um, as a fan, a huge fan of horror movies, is it something where is the genre more having to do with the directors and the writers, or does it have to do with the storylines as well, or both? Or You're saying that there's a whole genre, a queer horror film genre. Is, is what's the, What con- connotates that or constitutes that? I'm not, not necessarily there's like a whole bunch of queer horror films, but there are a bunch of uh, queer filmmakers who are making sure. horror films okay, so and, a bunch of, and a bunch right. of yeah. horror films, a bunch of uh, gay and lesbian fans of horror. And I think mm-hmm. um, the reason that uh, gay and lesbian and transgendered and bisexual um, 
people enjoy horror films is because they identify a lot with horror because horror deals a lot with being an outsider, mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, the horrors of, of society or things being put upon people. And so there's a lot of identification that comes with being, you know, a person who's identifying as, you know, gay or lesbian or queer or bisexual or transgendered that um, they can identify with the characters in a horror film because of what the characters go through. Okay, that is one of the scariest things I've ever heard. That's so pretty deep. Being, yeah. Just being a gay person in society makes you feel like a person trapped in a house with a poltergeist. Yes, yeah, sometimes That's it does. That's how you feel every yeah. day. Or, or maybe it makes you feel like the poltergeist. <laughs> Which, well, no, it doesn't, though, does it? That would be great if you felt like the poltergeist. Or, or you're well, saying it depends, that's on, the, depends on what the poltergeist is going through in the story. I'd want to feel like okay. Zelda Rubenstein. <laughs> Who is Zelda Rubenstein? From Poltergeist. From Poltergeist. The that's the girl's name. But the, but the poltergeist is usually, is usually the evil. Tangina. Tangina is the character. Hey, name. good work. So you really do like I really do. I'm, I'm a huge fan. Yeah. Huge fan. Are you going to the Nola Horror Film Festival? I actually have been looking at it for for weeks now to go. What to have go you decided to go to? What are you going to? I don't know. I haven't. I, this is the first brochure I've got, but I've been seeing the the ads just in general that well, it was coming. What should we well, go see? Good. You should see everything. You should buy a weekend <laughs> pass right now and okay. go see everything. Stay at the Britannia for four whole days how and would, don't leave. How would we buy a uh, four day pass? Um, well, we. From, from the website. But Nola Horror Film from Fest. From the NolaHorrorFilmFest.com. Also, okay. Britannia has links to the uh, okay. ticket sales. Okay, sorry, I'm stealing no, sorry, I'm um, Our Facebook page, Nola Horror Film Fest Facebook page, has links to all of, uh, all of the ticket, ticket uh, sales as well. So is it nonstop horror films for four days at the Britannia? Yeah, but it's not just Starting it's not just horror. There's you know we have a science fiction block. We have a science fiction feature film. We have fantasy films. Uh, we have a horror comedy, like a horror comedy shorts block on Saturday night at midnight. On Friday night at midnight, we have a W. Oh, I can say it. What the fuck? Uh, short film block, which basically is just a bunch of crazy films. It's like, you know, John Waters and David Lynch on acid. Oh, wow. Jesus. So what time is that? That sounds pretty I thought cool. David that's, Lynch that's, already was on acid. <laughs> Isn't he? <laughs> right. Uh, it's, that's that's Friday night at midnight. That's, and when you say Friday, that's this Friday. Coming yeah, it's up, which coming is, up. What is the date? 20th? 20th, I think. 21st. Friday the 21st is the What the Fuck screening at midnight. Okay. Uh, Saturday the 22nd is the Comedy Shorts uh, screening at midnight. But, you know, we have stuff going on all weekend. This is great. So That's are fine. you making any money out of this, or are you doing it like Amy is giving away the proceeds? Well, right now it's... Uh, it's all the money is going back into the festival. You know, we're hopefully going to be, you know, in the black this year. That's right. In the black? Yes. yes. Okay, good. We'd like to be in the black this year instead of in the red. So, but I think we will. So you've lost money up to now. We, I have lost money. Before. And who's funding all this lost money? Who's, whose well, money have you been losing? Well, some of us, you know, who've been involved in the festival have put our own money in for certain things. So you're I, like a big shot Hollywood guy who comes to town and puts up his own money for a film fest. Yes. Wow. <laughs> what about that, Jack? He wears a cowboy hat. He doesn't even need your 50 bucks that's for Fruitland that's Films. That's, that's impressive. It's, it really is. That but, is. Yeah, I, I very much admire people who put their money where their mouth is. So, well, thank congratulations you. Congratulations to you. Yeah, yeah, nice job. Hey, I got a quick question. How oh. is this festival different than something like the Overlook Festival, which is also delving into horror as a genre? Well, a lot of uh, horror film festivals do overlap, and there's a lot in... A lot in common with them. Uh, specifically, the difference between the NOLA Horror Film Fest and Overlook that came in this year. We don't even know if Overlook is going to be back uh, next year. 
because this was Overlook's second year for a festival. The first year they actually had it at the hotel in Oregon that Stanley Kubrick filmed for the exteriors for The Shining for the Overlook Hotel, which is okay. why they called it the Overlook Film Festival because they were having it at, at the actual hotel. And then they decided to make it more of a traveling film festival and they came to New Orleans in April of this year. And, um, but we don't know if they're going to come back or if they're going to go to a different city. But the Overlook, I think, is more like curated films, like films that uh, were seen at other film festivals or that the festival directors basically have contacted the filmmakers and curated that film for the program. There are very little uh, actual submissions to that film festival from filmmakers as opposed to our festival, which is all submissions. Well... 99% submissions. I did reach out to one film uh, and ask them to submit, but uh, most of the films that are screening at our festival are, were submitted by filmmakers to hopefully get selected and screen at our festival. That's Indeed. really cool. That is cool. This is the third annual, second annual? This is the eighth annual. Eighth annual. Eighth annual. Wow. Yeah, we've well, been around. lost money for seven years. For seven wow. years, yeah. I'm out of loop. must really <laughs> love doing it. Yeah, I you're do. supposed to be a horror film fan, Jack. Well, Why I'm, have you been to because that? Because I'm because I'm never available on weekends. You're I'm always, always I'm always gone. Right? Are gone. you here this weekend? No, I'm gone this weekend. Too. Where are you going to be? Uh, Mississippi, and I'm playing in Gulfport, and God, I don't even remember where else. Um, I have to look at my schedule, but right. I, I know I'm in Gulfport on Saturday. So how does the whole gig work? You get up in the morning on a Saturday morning or Friday night, get on the bus, or yeah, we we uh, it's usually Friday midday. We'll meet at the at the bus, and then we uh, we go out of town. We play the two gigs, and then we'll either come home Saturday night or Sunday day or Sunday early early morning, five a.m. six a.m. Right. And you've and, been uh, doing this for now how long? Almost twenty years. Twenty years. Most I, weekends. Yeah. I haven't had a weekend off. Well, I mean, I have, that's not true. I've had weekends off. But, like, we've been pretty much on tour constantly for the last 20 years. And do you have a sub, someone who plays your part no. in the band? It's Everyone just Everyone, it, it's it's a commitment. It's a life commitment. Basically, it's a job. If you, there are no subs. I've, I, out of 20 years, I have missed two shows. Wow. And I was and I was almost, I was almost dead, both of those because shows. Because of... One of, one, of, one of those shows I had, I think I had like 104 fever and couldn't play. And then the other show, I think I had chicken pox. Wow. But no one in the band needs to do this. Well, there's a full-time gig for the other guys, except uh, you have another life as well, or is, of the, they all? Of the five members, I'm, I'm not going to name any names or anything, but of the five members, uh, two of them do this solely as their gig. Because, right. uh, I mean, it's, it, you know, we do, we do well. Yeah. And, uh, and then the other guys in the band, uh, the other three, some have other bands, some... Um, you know, I'm I'm in the music industry. There's other guys who are in the medical industry who do stuff during the week, and you know, right. that's that's basically what happens. So, so you could totally afford to fund the no the horror film thing. <laughs> yes, you could. Out of the we could use it. We, we, we can use minute. it. Hold on. Oh, or beignet. I would, I would totally donate my time to score something from the horror, from the horror film festival because I do a lot of film scoring and a lot of TV scoring. Well, we would love that. Like maybe do like next like a, a trailer for the festival because I do a trailer. I cut a trailer every year for the film festival, and I always have to like you know buy a, a, a would, would love to you do. know a, a, some music from like Audio Jungle or something. Yeah, like that. no, I'd love would love yeah, to do that's it. perfect. There's your fifty bucks paid off. There, there you go. go. Yeah. There we go. Awesome. Hey, and you've been working American Idol as well. I have. As on top of your other two full-time I just, jobs. I just finished my commitments to them this year because uh, now they're. They've switched to the sister show, which is uh, America's Got Talent. Uh, is that owned by the same people? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's yeah, it's Simon Fuller. I, I thought they'd be competitors. Oh yeah, Simon. yeah, no, Simon's they're... been on both. Yeah, Simon Fuller, yeah. but it's not Simon Cowell that oh, owns it. Simon okay. Fuller that owns it, okay. and uh, so I think I think Simon Cowell does have an interest in it. But 
it's uh, there's them and the, and the other, the voice is, is, um, uh, is that, Mark Burnett. That's not owned by the same That's people. not owned by the same people. That's the competitor. That's the competitor. So, so is um, it all still going, actually? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's all, it's all still going. I, I basically am a, I am a South, U.S. Southeast talent consultant, basically. What I do so is I find it? people and I bring them to the producers and say, these are the people that you need to check out, and they check them all out and give them private auditions outside of the, the cattle calls and, uh, and then either accept them or, or don't. So you're like an A&R guy for yes. American Idol. That's exactly what, what Who have you found? Anybody... I found a bunch of people. I, uh, one uh, one guy who I found, Mikey Duran, uh, actually, I think he went, I think he went second week of Hollywood or something. But he he did really well. This was actually his second time. The first time he went to Hollywood too. But uh, yeah. I found a few people. Well, if you're doing A and R and you're out there looking for people, why would you give them to American Idol? Why wouldn't you sign them yourself to your own label? And well, it's kind of <laughs> now you're you're digging deep there, Grant. Uh, all right, so all right, so I am uh, I am I'm A and R for a blues label. Uh, called uh, called Nola Blue, oddly enough, out of Pennsylvania. Um, <laughs> okay. I know. Don't. Uh, but but it's a strictly trad blues label. Like they they like traditional blues, and that's it. As far as the pop world, to be honest with you, why I haven't started my own label, I just don't. I don't. That's not what I want to do. Right. Now, you you or you has say I know how to run a label and come to me and say let's let's do this. Then I'm all in. I have the talent. I have the ability to make the records. I know how to to get all of that to the, the front of the funnel, what I don't have is the ability to take it from the front of the funnel to the waterway. <laughs> I'm very <laughs> you know? surprised that somebody has not approached you and said that exact sentence. I know how to run a label. Why don't Are you, you hearing this world? If anybody hears somebody. this out there, contact me. <laughs> so you, could do, you can do all the back end, find talent, yeah. develop talent, make records. All you need is someone to sell it. I want to make records. Right. And that's what I'm good at. And, and I'm, I'm good at finding talent, making records, and making the records sound as good as anything on the radio. What I'm not good at, I don't even say not good at what I don't want to do, because I, I do have, a, I do have right. a business mind, but what I want to do is make records. I don't want to sit in boardrooms and talk about how we're going to, this is the next move, and you know, I don't, I don't want to do all that. Yeah, I worked for 10 years in, at uh, Universal Music mm -hmm. and uh, Universal Music Group. And, uh, yeah, the music industry is so changing. Yeah. And it's so changed so much that, you know, a couple of years ago, they laid off basically half the department because the music industry was, is, is so different. And, and the department that got laid off was basically the physical sales, the physical product. Absolutely. Uh, CDs, LPs, cassettes, and things like that because people aren't buying those anymore. People right. are, are, are streaming. And, uh, and and even A and R guys, A and R guys have been replaced by you know the whole department is replaced by by one guy in a YouTube channel. Right, you know, right, I mean right. they just they're just scouting people yeah. like that. Right. And and that's even even with Idol, I was doing that. I would find people. Wow, this this is. I found this 16 year old kid out of um, out of Texas. Uh, it was a little girl. Man, it was like she was 15. It was like the re embodiment of Robert Plant in 1969. It was unreal to watch her sing. But why do these kids need you? Why can't they just call up American Idol? Well, they can, but who's going to listen to them? Who do you call? All right. All right, say you want to call American Idol. Who do you call? I don't know, but they have these things where you see lines of like a thousand people well, that's lined what, up with their but, guitars. But what I do is they you, you surf circumvent all, all that. Yeah, yeah right. right, right. So right. you have an in. You right. know, you're, you're in direct but you, contact. But you have to find me. Though. I'm not Right. Your name is not out there somewhere. But I have had people, uh, you know, via social media or whatever, find me and, they, and they've emailed me and said, will you please listen to me? I can, do, and I always do, and I've gotten people auditions like that too. Wow. And, and, and had them make it, you know. So, 
So, it, you know, it, it happens. I, yeah. I always tend to like, I like to help people. You know, so when, I, when somebody says, please help me, I, I listen. Okay. You well, know. you never know. Right. Right. But what do you, what do you so got to Can lose? you help me with my jazz fest schedule? Because my absolute favorite thing to do <laughs> is to find that one act that nobody's talking about that year. And then like sure. two years later, they're, I need you know, to, I big. need to see the schedule, but sure. I can okay. Do that. I'm going to call you about that. That could be a right. good consultant I type. I'd yeah. love to go hunt all the new talent at jazz fest and see. I've got a, I've got a um, bunch of bands. Samantha Fish this year blew me away. I mean, I know she's not unknown. But no, I know. But I mean, I, there's, she's not on every, you know. It depends on what you personally like or whatever. But I, I mean, I, I just finished producing a whole ring of bands that were just great, man. Like just great, young, nobody knows really who that are, much well, tell us who they are well there's one band that that absolutely blew me away a band called Sinclair that uh C-I-N-C-L-A-R-E they're um they're from Baton Rouge really they uh three piece band that they sort of sound like a cross between uh, the Beach Boys and the Shins and they mm. uh three part harmony everybody's a great player and the songs are just great and like they're 23 years old wow. and but they have such an old oh the kids today what did you used to do there at Universal Music Group. I, I used to I used to do physical. Uh, I used to do. Um, so you were one of the guys who sold records. No, we used to do uh, the um, uh, publishing rights and uh, royalties for uh, physical product. Oh, nice. So we would basically pay the publishers and the writers uh, for the sale of their physical product. So gotcha. you're a filmmaker who can also knows how to run the music business. A little bit. Almost like a music supervisor. This could yeah, be a it, was, good, it was definitely Jack, a music yeah. supervisor. This could be a good hookup for you. I have to, I have to mention... could be the guy. i got to mention one more band, the shameless plug, but uh, yes. a band from New Orleans uh, called the Iceman Special, which... Iceman that, that band Special, is, okay. I'm telling you, that band is going to... It's going to be something really good. <laughs> really, okay. really big. They're, how they're, would you describe it? They are they're sort of jam bandy, but at the same time, they're, they're old school. They remind me a lot of like... Um, Gosh, I can't even really explain it. Like the singer sounds like early like Sting or something, or he's got like a like a higher voice and it's really crystal and good. Wow. But there's but there's a lot of like there's two brothers, Will and Charlie, the bass player and the singer, guitar player, and then there's an older gentleman, Steve Staples, who plays guitar, who's um, killer guitar. He owns International Vintage Guitar, okay, uh, and he's the guitar player. And then they have Hunter Ramiro on drums, and they're just it's four piece, great, great and band. Are these guys? brought to you by a label or are you funding all this stuff are you no, are you out? they are either either they fund or they have funding or but they i was lucky enough to where i did a record for um the guitar player john Fole, and yeah. uh and they heard that record and were like who the hell did this record you know? oh, <laughs> and, wow. they, and they found me and that's sort of how that me and john go way back and we had a great time making that record but he's a great guitar player yeah yeah he great. plays with dr john and mm -hmm. all those guys yep yeah, he is a great guitar player. Do you play anything, Amy? I'm tone deaf. Is that right? And I don't but watch horror big... movies, I'm afraid. You can't watch so horror movies. I'm feeling movies. a little out of place here. Because you can't. Because I do this <laughs> you when can't. I watch. Well, you can, on the radio, can, I'm covering look, my eyes. Yeah, I know, but you can look <laughs> through your fingers, though. I try. Yeah. Yeah. You could go to JT's movies because you, couldn't, you won't relate to any of the characters at all. What's the well, scariest movie you've ever seen? Seven. <laughs> oh, me? Oh, well, no, no. I was okay. asking her. I was asking her. Seven. Is that the Fincher movie? That's probably yeah, not even scary. Fincher, Fincher movie, yeah. No, you were, scary. You worked with Fincher on... I did work with Fincher on uh, Benjamin Button. Yeah. yeah. Do you uh, know him as well, JT? Yeah, Benjamin Button was scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
What for three different what? reasons, though. I just saw a movie that that blew me away recently. That I I, did, I was I didn't know anything about it, and I, I rented it. And I was I was I thought it was great. It was um, Hereditary was what yeah. it was called. It was fantastic. What's I thought it, it was, about? It's um. So don't, Tony, don't Tony Collette. Away. I won't give anything away because it's there's a there's a huge twist uh, about oh, great. you know 30 minutes into the film that you don't want to give away, but it's Tony Collette and uh, Gabriel Byrne and it's a family, basically a family drama, that plays out with horror elements and uh, you know at the beginning of the movie Tony Collette's mother has passed away and they're dealing with grief so it's another one of those films. And one of the things that's great about horror films is that, you know, you can talk about certain things without being overt. Like, you know, Hereditary is basically about grief and loss and how you deal with, you know, the losing of a loved one or how you deal with, you know, grief in a family and situation because everybody grieves differently. And how it tears a family apart. Yeah, and how it tears a family apart. So it's like... But that, those are like the, overtone, the undertones of, you know, the horror film, you know, and then there's still horror elements on top of that. You don't have to, like, hit people over the head with your message in a horror film. You can kind of, like, subtly, you know, sneak those things in, and that's one of the reasons why I really love horror movies mm-hmm. is that, you know, they can be scary and entertaining and fun, but they can also have, you know, sociopolitical undertones to them. So you're making There's, there's a one jump scare in that whole movie. There's not one there's jump not, scare in the whole movie. It was, it was, it was well, terrifying. There's, there's a couple of jump scares. Uh, but like nothing, nothing that was cheap shot. Nothing know? like the nun like right. that's out now. That's right. basically all jump scares. Right. So are you saying, JT, that people like you make horror movies with some sort of larger intent, like you're trying to actually achieve something rather than just scare people? There's a message? Yes, I do. And I think that this, okay. there's a lot of that has been changing in the industry. I mean, you, you're starting to go back several years, but, you know, you look at films like The Babadook or, you know, uh, It Follows or oh. The Witch, oh. you know. I love It Follows. Or, you One know. Of my favorites. I mean, you're looking at films now. I mean, if, if, if you haven't seen The Babadook, I mean, The Babadook is basically kind of like, you know, a, a variation of The Shining. It's about, you know, a mother who is, like, going crazy. And it deals with insanity and it deals with, you know, you know, the overwhelming, you know, of being a parent, of being a single parent because, you know, the, the husband had passed away. And so there's all of these social commentary elements that are involved in the film. And then on top of that, there's a scary creature, you know, yeah. n- you know called the Babadook that's, you know, actually really scary. How, how did you not use Get Out for this example? Oh, yeah, Get Out is a perfect example. The, mo- the most overt sociopolitical yeah. commentary. Yeah. You know, Academy Award winning Get Out. I got to say, It Follows is one of my favorite new horror films of the last decade, easily. That movie is fantastic, I thought. I I watched it, I watched it three times. I thought it was so good. What's that about? The whole thing is an STD metaphor. It's about STD metaphor. It's an STD metaphor. He's totally right. What's the metaphor for STD? Well, or or maybe it's about like growing up and confronting uh, sexuality. It's it's about all of that. That's the thing. It's like, it's, it's not just one thing. It's about the STD, you know, and, and that, but it's also about growing up in, you know, middle America and, you know, being a teenager and finding your sexuality and finding out who you are. I mean, it's it's a lot of stuff all wrapped up I, in one. I also thought that it was it was a metaphor for responsibility that that you you know you have to live with the decisions you make. You know, if you if you do something, you can't just you can't just sweep it under the rug. It's gonna follow you, and that that's sort of what I got out of it too. And I love that the the movie is set in some dream time. There's no specific era. That's like there'll be like a, a scene where you're like. 
it like, oh, wow, it looks like it's the 80s and it's there, you know, or it's the 70s. And then they have smartphones and it's, it's really bizarre. Like there's all this cross pollination of time, like the, all the cars look old, but then everybody has a smartphone. It, it's, right. it's weird. Who made that film, JT? I don't know. I don't remember. It's the same director. <sighs> yeah, I don't, I don't know the name of the director. We'd have to look it up and on the Internet Movie Database. David Robert Mitchell. There you go. There you go. Three names. So good they named him three times. So do you Three think any of, is any of this working? Are these horror films like yours and other people's having any effect on society? Are people? I, I think so. I mean, obviously, I think Get Out was a huge, not only being a huge financial success, but also a critical success and, you know, getting a political uh, point across about, you know, that we're still dealing with, even in 2018, you know, racial issues. And, you know, um, so I think it was very successful and very popular. You know, in, it, in, in making a change. You th- so it does, you think it does work? It does have some sort of social change ramifications making harm? Yeah, absolutely. I think so. so I also think it's the last bastion of the, of the independent filmmaker. It's where an independent mm. filmmaker can yeah. come really and make a film that can be super successful. I mean, just like Halloween, the first Halloween. It's like it was just a small indie film that, that, they, that they did, but it became one of the biggest films of the, you know, one of the biggest grossing films. And, uh, Especially in horror, if not of all time. Yeah, and, yeah. and influential. I mean, right. you look at all. I mean, Friday the Thirteenth came about because of Halloween. I mean, right. You know, it's so influential in its you know in its reach. But that's the thing about horror and being indie is that horror itself is the star. It's like you don't need a, a star, you know, actor to be in your film. Well, nobody. There's no big actors in It Follows. You know, there's no big actors in The Witch or The Babadook. Right. You know, or even shop. really get out. I mean, yeah. you know, you know, Catherine, you know, Catherine Keener, you know, and Wolf, uh, Bradley Whitford are like the biggest names in that movie, but they're not stars. I mean, they're not, you know, The Rock or Tom Cruise. Right. I'll tell you who the biggest star is here at this table. Who? Have a guess. You? you? No, Amy. <laughs> what? Amy was City Business Woman of the Year in 2017. Thank you. And one, she was one also of like thirty, but yeah. What it says here, it. woman of the year. Yeah, there's thirty of them. Thirty. That would be women thirty of women. The year. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> it's the city business women woman of the year. There's is like this contest. So there's thirty of us, and then one person there, gets put on the cover. Is there a contest? I wasn't on. You the were cover. on the cover. No. Is there like a swimsuit? The nun was on the cover. There was a nun. Yeah. She runs Catholic. <laughs> Pretty Jones. hard to compete yeah. with a nun. Is there like a swimsuit? No, 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 no. Or how does it work? No, it's all about how you know. Carry your briefcase and wield your pen. Okay, and also you were the 2017 YLC Young Leadership Council Role Model of the Year. Yeah. How about that? That's not connected, though. No, Young so Leadership you the, Council. You yeah. were the Woman of the Year and Role Model of the Year. So you had a big year last year. I did. Well, and part of that was from doing Beignet Fest. So you know. Hey, maybe you'll get to be Role that. Model of the Year, yeah. JT. Ooh, that'd you be. You have exciting. to give away money. Oh, dang it! Do you? I know. Well, he's giving away money in his yeah. own sense. You're he sure, is working toward a higher purpose right. and putting his money where his is mouth is. Is there a queer version of role model of the year? They're, they're probably. Role model queer of the year. Yeah. That's even better. That's even better. That could be our first Fruitland Films <laughs> production. <laughs> we have like the Academy Awards for role model. For role model of the year. Queer yeah. of the year. How, how does one become a role model of the year? It's, it's like, a nomination process, so, you know, they look... That they is a good question. ...accept nominations. So the Young Leadership Council 
is a young professionals group in New Orleans. Um, and so the mission there is leadership development through community service and community engagement. And so they then recognize other people in the community um, who are not necessarily young professionals anymore. And, um, and there's a big gala and, you know, it's a fundraiser for the organization. So people are nominated Which and then a committee, uh, it's called the Young Leadership, young Leadership Council. Council. Mm -hmm. And you are, the, are you the person who started Wednesdays at the Square? I'm one of the persons who started Wednesday at the Square, So yes. that was your idea or one of your... Well, so here's what happened. Um, before Hurricane Katrina, the Downtown Development District actually started Wednesday at the Square, which is a 12-week concert series um, downtown. As And the mission or the goal was to, um, to get people to not only work downtown, but to also live and play downtown, which seems foreign to us now because our downtown is so vibrant. But back then, pre-Katrina again, um, the Downtown Development District cited this as one of their goals. The Young Leadership Council, which took it over after Katrina, um, actually um, provided the volunteers f to work the series. And so DDD came to the Young Leadership Council and said, hey, we're going to shut this down because we really got to work on things like blight and rebuilding our downtown um, post-Katrina and make sure the FEMA money is spent right and blah, blah, blah. No commentary on that. Um, and so we said at the YLC, myself and some of our board members said, why don't we take it over um, and, uh, and then we can just run it. Well, when we did that, um, all the parameters of only working with downtown businesses and sponsors were gone. And so we were able to raise a whole lot more money from sponsors throughout greater New Orleans, um, get bigger bands and... Okay, so just stop, just stop right there for a second. Yeah. How did you make it successful? What did you do that made it a success when it wasn't one? How um, did you make more money and get bigger bands? And corporate how, sponsors. So we were it. able to go out there and raise more money. So when you run a festival, the trick to running a festival is, is uh, twofold. It's getting people there to spend money at the festival, but before that, it's raising the right amount of money so that you're covered, especially outdoor festivals in the case of weather or in case nobody shows up, which, you know, is probably not going to happen in this city. Um, so really getting a good corporate mix for your event is the way to success. Well, that will work. So we raised... Only work for one year, though. If you got like, well, a whole bunch of money for Beignet Fest, say, and then no one shows up and the corporation's out. Correct. They would go away. Right. Year. So the, the key there is to build sustainable relationships and really deliver and fulfill your corporate sponsor's promises. And that's really what I'm sort of specialize in. So I almost become each of my sponsors little marketing director or mini marketing director, if you will. So I make sure that they've got the best experience and the best fulfillment and activation at my event versus anything else they're doing. Because they're probably sponsoring 10 other things. But if I can do my sponsorship with them the best, they're going to bring me more money year after year and they're going to want to be with me longer. And how do you know how to do all this? Um, Did you go to school for this? Well, I started in sports marketing. So I started working for sports teams. And so that's really where this became a craft, right? So like the sports teams, they do this better than anybody else. So I worked for Super Bowl. It's been here three times. Um, I've worked for the hockey team. We had a hockey team in New Orleans at one right. point. So yes. Okay. yes, I was the little was ice Ray girl. Nagin. It was. So you worked for Ray? I did. How was that, actually? It was fine. I mean, you know. Do you still talk to him now he's in jail? Uh, no. I mean, I was very him? young. Um, and so I didn't talk to the owner very often. Send him but, um, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I, uh, you know, I, I did my job and 
And uh, we actually had the sixth largest attendance in our league in the ECHL. Um, but the NBA was coming, and that was all politics. And it was all, you know, we were, no matter how many people came, we were still going to get our lease, you know, was still going to be um, okay. broken. And that was a big NBA deal for was a coming. while there, though. Yeah. People love that. Do you ever go to the games, Jack? Uh, I didn't, actually. Well, oh, you know what? I think, we pl- I think we played. You were working. I think we played, yeah. I think we played one. I think yeah. we actually played one. I think we played outside the arena, I think, one time. That was kind of cool. Yeah, so the sports <laughs> teams do it well, the best. You know, they deliver. So that's how you learn how to do it. That's how I learned to do it. And so then I just brought the same approach to sort of local events. And are you hoping um, to turn Beignet Fest into a big deal like this? Like I would love Wednesdays that. Yeah, this will be our third year. Last year was kind of a hiccup because Hurricane Nate, which was not ever anything threat uh-huh. but the city got all clamped over it um was um caused us so to reschedule up. from october uh-huh. to december so we lost a lot of momentum well, but the sucks. first year we had um too many people um wow and so then we moved out to city park from lafayette square and so that's where it is now it's yeah we're city at city park, park. so we on think on october the something october the 6th, 6th 10 to 6 so um we think we'll have about twenty-five thousand people out there yeah wow. yeah can, can you come and work at my festival and yeah. get, get 25,000 people yeah. to come to the... Uh, yeah. If you don't make home. me watch one of the movies. You don't, <laughs> have to, you don't have to watch any of the movies. I'm sure they're wonderful. I just get scared. See, that's it's an amazing skill to have, isn't it? You can have yeah. all the great ideas in the world you want, like you know, but if yeah, you but can't you need, sell it... Yeah, you need somebody yeah. to... I mean, that's why artists you know, need people to, yeah. you know, to, to help them right. you know, find their vision. I mean, it's like, you know, because those of us who are, you know, do create art you know, are often just kind of like scatterbrained, especially when it comes to, um, especially when it comes to any kind of business sense or whatever, and trying to get sponsorships and trying to get money and trying to find money for your programs. You seem to be good at both of those. You've crossed the line from being a filmmaker to now being an organizer. Yeah, but I, but this year, yeah, we haven't, but we haven't really had any sponsorships, you know, and, and, and the sponsorships are a big day for everybody at this table. Yeah. Because, Amy's going to come and sure. save you. <laughs> Jack's, well, Jack's got prob- himself. Probably a- not this year, since we, right. since we well, are starting late, tomorrow. Yes, it's a little late tomorrow, for this year, but, but next year, definitely. Of course. Yeah, that's sounds great. You think you can great. afford Amy, though? I, I don't know. Maybe. We'll probably. talk after. We'll, well, talk. we'll talk. Let's see how we'll Fruit Run yeah. does between now and then. Jack, you've got a guitar here. Let's make you play something. Uh, yes. What I, was, you th- I was hoping I was going to get out of it. <laughs> you can get out of it if you really don't want to do it. But uh, do when it. you guys like to hear something, play, I would like play, to hear something. Play, yeah. play, I, uh, play. I would also like. You know, where's Colin? Where's drinks by Colin? Oh, you want to? Ch- Colin can get you a drink. What yeah. would you like? Where's Colin? Uh, a blue moon. Blue moon. Can you, you sing blue moon? Blue moon. Let's see. Yeah, there we go. You saw me standing alone. There you go. Okay, so we've got it set up here. We've got microphones. Lyrics. Lyrics. Yeah. On the table. I haven't been doing a lot of writing lately because I've been working on other people's records. <laughs> so this is a this is a one that I wrote a while ago. Well, a little while ago. This is on a my original band, The Morning Life's album, the last album that we did a couple of years ago. Um, it's a little happy song called Sunshine. Let's see if I please forgive me if I screw it up. So The less is more Baby, I forgot my manners Were your concern It's such a burden But now I've learned And I say that All the things that I've been wanting from you It's time to make a stand 
So what's your man Don't never put me something you've never seen I could be the king You could be my queen I said Very nice. Okay. Is it called Sunshine on My Mind? It's just called Sunshine. Sunshine. I like that. Thomas, has something happened to my microphone here or is it just... What is going on? There we go. No, okay. There we are. Okay. I like that a lot. Sunshine. And what do you do with this once you've written something like that? Do you uh, put it on an album and released it and, right. you know, um, probably the biggest uh, leg up we got on that one was uh, we actually had in, uh, in, in Universal Music Artists, which I cannot name, uh, call us interested possibly in putting it on their covering record. Covering it? Yeah, covering it. And, okay. And it ended up not happening, so that's why I'm not able to disclose anything. But we did get the call. Um, mm. So, But that one's on a, a record by The Morning Life called The Sound of Collapse. The Sound of Collapse, is the, and The Morning Life is your band as well. Yeah, it's my it's my original band. It's sort of... You've got a lot going on. Well, I would say it's sort of a, I don't want to call it a defunct project, but uh, it's a project that's been sort of um, put on... Um, open-ended hiatus because right. uh, our guitar player passed away so uh mm. so because of that we finished the record he passed away in the middle of the making of the mm. record so we finished the record we dedicated it to him and then we all sort of went and did our thing and who knows maybe we'll make another one maybe not that was yeah, our that's a bit that was sobering our yeah that was our third record too so um, but it's a cool record. It's on iTunes and Spotify and all the places where music. And it's are. normally the drummer that passes away. So that's, <laughs> I know, right? That's it's usually the Keith, the Keith Moon, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty sad. Is that yeah, someone that you were like all friends together for years? Oh yeah, we we were in that band. For, uh, we were in that band for probably eight years or something. And then right. we, uh, but we were. I've been friends with him since I was nineteen or something. Mm. Right. So sure, yeah, that's horrible. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. I didn't mean to bring down the happy hour. Well, you know. Terrible things happen. Yeah, life is life, you know. Yeah. 
Well, you got to go. Missed. Yeah, that's sad. What did he die from? Some natural causes or suicide? Well, that that that's natural. Yeah. Mm. So it's, it's tough. That's yeah. pretty bad when you're that close to somebody. And yeah, it's, it's you know, and, and I, I wasn't going to mention it, but at the same time, I was like, you know what? As far as like an awareness thing, it's, it's, I've, I've lost a few people to that method. And uh, it's something that's it's a very, it's still, still happening in droves right mm. now. And it's a very real thing. It's very hard so. when someone kills themselves who you know, and you can't help thinking, why, couldn't, why didn't they call me? Mm-hmm. I know. It's funny. I called him the night before he didn't answer. Wow. So and it was before he had done it too. So, but just the way it is, you know. And right. and I we deal with it and cope with it. But that song was one that we wrote. I think it was the last song on the record that we wrote. And we said, you know, let's just end with something happy, please. Mm-hmm. You know, because the rest of the record is that's why we call it the sound of collapse because we we figured, well, this is this is what it's going to sound like. You know, of us just trying to. It was a coping movie. You know, yeah. right? Yeah, you know, coping movie, coping uh, album. Excuse right. me, we talk about movies and everything. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was a coping album. So, but it's a great record. Maybe we could use it in the Fruitland Films <laughs> soundtrack. We could, or we could Fruitland Films could be you know like we could do a documentary about the uh, about there the band. Go. Oh, there we there go. go. Yeah. What are you working on at Fruitland these days? Uh, <laughs> well, after the festival, I have uh, a couple of other things going on. I actually uh, shot and edited and did sound design and color correction and sound mix and art direction and a bunch of stuff for a, a short film called He Drinks. Uh, he, he drinks. 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 It's uh, That's a good. Yeah, my friend Michael Verade uh, wrote and directed it, and it's actually starting to screen at uh, several film festivals. I was actually at the film festival uh, a couple of weeks ago where it filmed, where it screened, and. Um, and what's it about? Is it a short or? Is it's it a, it's a short. It's basically it, it's a gay theme short. It's about uh, a couple who goes to therapy, and uh, it's because one of them has a drinking problem, but it turns out to not be what you think. Ah. It's a comedy. Okay. Kind of thing. And then fun. It is fun. And then I have a feature film that I'm writing uh, that I hope to, to shoot next year. Is there a part, wow. for, part for all of us in that? There, there is. There is now. I'm gonna, <laughs> I want to go back and write it all in right yeah. now. I want to be the crazy old lady who drinks gin all day. Oh, okay. Is yeah. that what you have in mind crazy That's kind of what I want to be when I grow up. That's what you're looking yeah. toward. Because, you know, I'm so between the lines all the time now. Crazy I just want to be... You yeah. like to be able to let go. I don't like go. cats, though. <laughs> you like to be able to um, let go and drink gin all day. Yeah. And you think that will make you crazy? or that No, I think I want to be crazy first, and then that's like how to be I'll crazy. cope with it. Okay. Yeah. And what do you think being crazy is like? I don't know. I think that's going to be pleasant. <laughs> I think that's going to be You know, I'm such a type A, you know? Like, everything has a checkbox, and this is what we're doing next, and, you know, all the, everything has to... Which is probably why I don't like horror that much. It makes me feel uncomfortable, right? Which is the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, so, like, you know, it's the antithesis to that when you get... So you think that you like retire? You don't have to check you all think, the checkboxes anymore. You think crazy people anymore? are happy is what's the misnomer I'm here? I'm saying crazy in a sort of lighthearted way. You know, right. I don't necessarily want to be like mentally insane. <laughs> I just want to be a little. Uh, you want to be free of the strictures of yeah, normal everyday society. I want to be society. that lady you see. You want to be festival. eccentric. Eccentric. Uh, that's, that's a, a great better word. word for yeah. it. That's a much better. Yeah. Word. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're an eccentric. Right. Woman. Right. Drinking gin all day. Yeah. Cat, maybe I'll have cats like, or no cats? No cats, but maybe some dogs. Okay. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you'd better stay in New Orleans because it's a good spot. My husband's probably like, what is she talking about? That is not what we talked about with the financial planner do, about do, retirement. <laughs> Are you down on the court or do you live in the court yet? Because that would no, be a good place for I that. I live in the suburbs. Where do you live? In Metairie? Oh, we're in Algiers. In Algiers? Yeah. That's not the suburbs. That's okay. Yeah. It's like part of New Orleans. I mean, I can see the, the river. Yeah. So. Okay. So that's um, New Orleans. Right, but yeah, I mean. You can see the river in Metairie, too. Yeah. yeah. Let's go to the tiptoe. <laughs> so this is a good plan for you. Okay, you're looking to be an alcoholic. Yeah. 
Eccentric. Just a drinker. I wouldn't say having alcoholism, but let's not go too far I think far a person now. who drinks all day, especially gin, probably is regarded typically as an okay, alcoholic. But what if you I don't started four? Yourself. If I started four, would I still be an alcoholic? Mm, not sure what the technical. I think five is probably. <laughs> okay, is, I'll, that's I'll, the safe. I'll, I'll go to five then. The but happy is, hour is yeah. here, starting at four, right? Well, there you go. Well, yeah, we're. Yeah. It's, it's but true, when you start okay. when you start like cutting work when you get when you're getting off like but an I'll hour be early so you can go drink, drink but she's not going to be working at all she's going to be retired <laughs> and super wealthy because she's businesswoman of the year. There Perfect. you go. So yeah, that doesn't always. This doesn't sound like the sort of thing that a businesswoman <laughs> of the year in other cities would say, but this is New Orleans right. after all. I told you it was the antithesis of yeah. what I am now. You're looking to s- yeah. be the anti, yeah. Amy. Yeah. Hmm. Mm. That's going to be interesting to watch. Yeah. How old? How old would you have to be to get to that, though? Do you think? Uh, like sixty? Are you aiming for? Or? Uh, that'd be good. Okay, so that's sixty. 60. Yeah. Okay. If I could retire at sixty, I'm doing something right. Yeah. No, well, it doesn't cost that much to buy shitty gin. Tell you that. Well, I didn't say I was going to drink shitty. You gin. want good gin? Duh. Okay. No retirement in the plan here, man. I'm you don't have a retirement plan at all. It's not that I don't have a plan. I don't want to retire. You want to just keep working? Yeah, I just. You want to I, die on stage? It's because I love what I do. No, I'd probably like to. I'd like to die at home with my family, but I. Uh, but, <laughs> wow. But uh, but you know, I guess what I'm trying to say is that like I I think I've you know I love what I do. Yeah. Right. You know? JT, so. what's your plan for dying? Uh, we have to get out of here right now. So this is the final word. Alone on a beach. Okay. Right. It's nice. Yeah. Just make sure it's not Grand Isle Beach. No, no. <laughs> he doesn't get that joke, though. <laughs> I don't get that joke at all. It's like dead fish everywhere. and like It's, it's not romantic. It's right. not very romantic. At all. It's not California alone Beach. Alone on the beach. Okay. Yeah, California Beach. And you would die of old age alone on a beach. Yeah. That's pretty fucking sad. No. Why no. no. Alone Are you kidding? A, Dying with sand you like between that? your toes? Absolutely. By yourself? Alone. That's the bit that's right. You're going to have plenty of sand between your toes when you're underground. Yeah, that's true. You don't have true. to worry about, you know, somebody being around and, like, you know, you can just, you can just deal with it and just do your thing. and Quietly you know, slip away. Quietly slip away with the, you know, oh. the, 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 the waves lapping at your feet. What the jellyfish can be. And you don't need sunscreen. And you don't need sunscreen because, you know, you don't have to worry about the after effects of sunburn like I have right now. I seriously have sunburn. You do? I do. It's because you haven't got your hat on. I know. Okay, JT Seaton, thank you so much for joining us. Thank on you Happy for Hour. having Good me. luck with the NOAA Horror Film Fest, the eighth year. The eighth Hopefully year? Hopefully this is the year you make some money. Next year you're going to make a lot of money because Amy Boyle Collins is going to be running the whole show for you. Sounds we'll good to me. see how that goes. And Jack Mealy, thank you so much for being thank here. You. Thanks for coming back. Thank Hopefully you Hopefully we'll see you guys all again at some point. Before we go anywhere, I have to tell you about this information here about Happy Hour, who brought it to us today. If I can find the information, where do you think it is? Oh, here it is. Strategic Resumes is responsible for bringing us Happy Hour today. If you want to sharpen up your resume, your LinkedIn profile, or your other job search skills, check them out at Strategic Resumes. And thank you to Travel Central Luminary. If you'd like to get away, you can start your travel plans by checking in with Travel Central. Basic Swimming Gym has a full range of swimsuits, workout, and yoga clothes with style. We can get them at Basic Swimming Gym next to the lingerie store, Basics underneath on Magazine Street. And thank you to Hangover Destroyer, the only all-natural product medically proven to prevent a hangover. At hddestroyer.com, you can write the words Happy Hour on the coupon code and get 30% off of Hangover Destroy. The Positive Vibrations Foundation creates and encourages community through the development of preservation of arts, music, culture, and heritage. And if you'd like to be a part of our Patreon family, for as little as a dollar a month, you can join the Happy Hour family by going to patreon.com and searching for It's New Orleans Happy Hour. False River by Andrew Duhon is the name of Andrew's new album. It's out now. Wherever you steal music, you can find that. Or you can even buy it at andrewduhon.com. You can find it out if Andrew's 
in a town near you by going to his website, andrewduhon.com. And thank you very much, everybody, for being here. J.T. Seaton, Annie Boyle, Collins, and Jack Mealy. That is Happy Hour for another week. I'm Grant Morris. Graham DePonte is a producer of our show. Christian Unruh and Monique Pyler, our music producers. Thomas Walsh is our technical director. Asher Griffith is our Facebook Live feed director who put this whole thing on Facebook Live. Our fact checker and social media connector and a guy who knows everything is Andrew Searock. Searock, our theme music was written by and is currently being played by Mitch Foreman. If you'd like to be on our show and you can stay upright for about an hour while drinking alcohol, drop us a line. Our address is on our website, it's neworleans.com, where you can find many more happy hours that we produced previously to today's show, as well as other shows we make here, including Out to Lunch with Peter Raschuti, live from Commander's Palace, Louisiana, Eats with Poppy Tucker, and our award-winning podcast, funnily enough, about death, death. called Death the podcast. You can also find other great Louisiana podcasts at itsacadiana.com and itsbatonrouge.la. You can keep up with us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and a bunch of other time-sucking social media as well. And all of it, we're called It's New Orleans. You can find photos from this show on itsneworleans.com and on our It's New Orleans Facebook page. These photos were taken today by Jill LaFleur. You can find more of Jill's photos at lafleurphoto.com. If you listen to this on your favorite podcast app, thank you for subscribing to us. Take a moment if you've got one to rate and review us. That helps other people find us. Our show is recorded live today at Wayfair on Ferret Street in Uptown New Orleans. Happy Hours of Production of INO Broadcasting. For itsneworleans.com, for Andrew Duhon, we're back here next week. Everyone else around the table here at Wayfair and back at our office at INO Broadcasting. Thank you for joining us. I'm Grant Morris. I'll see you back here next week for more Happy Hour.